<laughs> Best intro yet. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. All right. So three words that are very important to me this morning. Fly, eagles, fly. Born, born and raised in Philadelphia, and I'm, I'm very nervous. Whew. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for this morning, though, because I'm, I'm going to jump right into this. Our, this series on worship, I think, is really pivotal to believers um, because it's something that is so huge, and at the same time, we put in this little box, you know? And so I, I want to jump into, I don't know what happened. I want to jump into the fact that while we put this thing in this little box, we have an opportunity to see worship in its biggest scope that we can possibly see it in. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Isaiah chapter 6. If not, it's right up here on the screen. So, in the year of the king <clears throat> Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. Seraphim stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called out to the other and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold trembled at the voice of him who called out while the temple was filling with smoke. Then I said, woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, how many of you, like, kind of turned off during that? Because <laughs> you don't know what it's talking about. Let me, let me explain. So Isaiah, this is his call to ministry. This is his call to do what, what God wants. And, you know, me, my, my call, whatever you want to call it, was, you know, I felt this direction that God was pulling me in. Some of you understand what it feels like to be maybe in the business world. And God is calling you, pulling you to that, to that occupational ministry. It's all that I can think about. It's all, you know, and then like you ask Isaiah, like, hey, what was your calling? Like, ah, you know, God called me up to heaven. I saw him face to face, and it's like, oh, that, that's, that's different, <laughs> you know. But this was his calling to ministry. And what I want to do, though, is I want us not to focus on that, but to focus on the picture that's set before us here. We just got a glimpse of what heaven looks like. We just got a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. And I don't know about you, but I didn't see little cloud cities with chubby babies playing mini harps. That's not what this was. It, there was almost an overwhelming sense that, that you receive when you, when you get this picture here. Isaiah comes face to face, and he sees these winged beasts, these, these beasts and, and wings that cover their face to cover them from the glory of God. 
cover their feet. They're, they're flying around, and they're, that word cry out, they were screaming back to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Back and forth, God starts to talk. The, the, everything starts shaking and trembling. Smoke is filling the, and Isaiah's reaction to this is, I'm going to die. Because I am not worthy of this, and I live among people that aren't worthy of this. Like, it wasn't even that he wasn't just worthy. It was, and even if I was worthy, I live with people who aren't. I am going to die. Hmm. Revelation chapter 4. Immediately, oh, after these things, so John gets the uh, messages to the, three, to the seven churches. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, come up here. And I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was standing in heaven. And one, that's God, sitting on the throne. And he who was sitting was like a jasper stone and a sardius in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And upon the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. Out from the throne come flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder. And there were seven lamps on fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first creature was like a lion, and the second creature like a calf. The third had a face like that of a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, sound familiar, and are full of eyes around and within. And day and night they did not cease to say, holy, holy, Holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, to him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders will fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. And for the second time, we get this picture of heaven, this very familiar picture with that of Isaiah, of John seeing, seeing what the throne room of God is going to be like. And it's flashes of lightning and peals of thunder and, and there, there's light shining and the sea of glass and the winged beasts again flying around, calling out, crying out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. It's this incredible picture that we have of the constant praise of God happening in heaven. 
Can we do that for just 30 minutes on earth? We just saw the picture of heaven, our home, right? Like if you're a believer in this room, that is where we are not citizens of this earth while we live here and we want to introduce the gospel here and we want to bring heaven to earth. This isn't home. This isn't our final dwelling place. That is. And some of us, we sit in this room and and it's, yeah, this really isn't my thing. To, to, you know, be down in front and raising the hands and, you know, I don't really express myself this way. Baby, I don't know what to tell you because that's what heaven is going to be like for the rest of eternity. It's, it is the constant praise of God, the constant declaring of God's glory. That's heaven. That's what it is. These these creatures and these people that come face to face with God on a constant basis, the only reaction that they have is declaring his glory. The only reaction that they have is praising him. And I don't think that there's this switch that gets flipped between here and there. I think here is preparation for there. And that's why we, we share the gospel and we're trying to constantly show people who Jesus is so that he will draw, draw them to him in order to be saved. And we're vehicles for that. We're vehicles for heaven coming to earth. I just showed you two pictures of heaven. Are we so preoccupied with earth that we're not trying to bring it here? Are we so focused on what earth is and all the stuff that it has for us and all the cares and all the worries and all the wonderful things and all the terrible things that we forget as believers, you possess the ability to do that here and should do that here. That's us. It's cool, right? So when I first came to this church, um, you know, I, uh, I come from a very conservative background. So it was, it was hymns and a piano and an organ, and if we were lucky, drums. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was a crazy Sunday. <laughs> when there were drums, it was like people stood up. <laughs> And so walking into this room was different, very different. And I also was raised, you know, I don't know how many of you understand theological terms, but, you know, I was a cessationist. So I didn't believe that the gifts of the Spirit were for today. So healing, you know, miracles of any kind, like I, none of that I thought was for today. So when I walked into these doors back here, and the room looked a lot different then, but I walked in, and there's a guy up here, and he's like, I have a word from the Lord, and I went, nope, and I just walked right back out, but I kept coming because the people here were awesome, but what I couldn't do was stand in here for worship. I couldn't do it, 
And it wasn't because I wasn't used to it or anything like that, but like people, I'd see people all up front here. I'd see people raising their hands. I'd see people praising God. And I would try, man, I would try so hard. Like I would, I would stand here in the back and I'd be like, and I would just leave. <laughs> I'd walk out the doors. And back then we had like an awning or the awning that's outside. And we had tables that were out there. And I'd just sit out there and journal because I couldn't be in this room. I didn't want to be in this room. And it was for a couple of reasons. You know, one, and guys, I'm going to speak to you this morning. I felt like this was pointless. I'm going to stand here and express something that I don't even know that I'm comfortable expressing. <laughs> Emotions and junk, <laughs> you know. And, and it, it wasn't accomplishing anything. Like, what does this accomplish? And the other part, I was neck deep in sin. I was addicted to pornography. I was a liar. And I, I just, I, to be in this was probably the most hypocritical thing that I could possibly imagine doing. But can I jump ahead of myself and say that if that's you, it's exactly the thing you need to do. Because praising God puts life in perspective. And so I would go out and I would journal. And then once I heard no more music, because the neighbors were calling the cops back then, <laughs> I'd, I'd come back in and listen to Pastor Jim speak. And I, I didn't realize that I was a son. And worship flows from who you believe you are. Worship flows from, from, from who God created you to be, but you have to realize that because you will always exalt the thing that you love more than yourself. That is, that is always the way that it will be. And if you hate yourself and don't understand that perspective that God has given you about who you are, it's not, it's not going to flow that way. And you see these creatures, creatures that are far greater than you and I. At least they look that way. The Bible says we're greater. But they're, they're, they're flying all around, and the, the thing that wells up inside of them is crying out the glory of God. And it should be the same for every believer that we cry out the glory of God because we realize who we are and we realize how much we love God. And I, I didn't realize that. And it took a long time for me to realize that, for me to realize that I am a son of God. And in that sonship then flows the worship of God, that you're a daughter of God, and out of that daughtership, is that what, I don't know what it is, you, <laughs> you know, flows the worship of God. And so I, I just, I want to make a challenge that, look, I'm not asking, I mean, and I am at the same time, for this all to be flooded here during worship, but this room that is filled with believers, when we have the chance to praise God, 
we should do it. It's good. It's heaven. It's practice. Heaven's not my little palace with video games and junk. I don't video games. I don't, first thing that came to mind, sorry. It's us declaring the greatness of God. But if we don't declare that greatness here, too, what, what's this, you know? I don't think a, a, a switch gets flipped. I think this is preparation for there. So at the same time, us coming together on Sunday mornings is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's corporate. And we should worship together and we should praise God unabashedly. But I also want to broaden our horizons here. So this, this is a Hillsong, one of their worship things. Cool, right? Yeah. It's Bethel. Their little outdoor sessions, you know, overseeing a mountain, no big deal. <laughs> All right, that's elevation worship. Yeah, you know, it's cool. That's us again. That was last week. Yeah, Kyle. <laughs> worship is far more than a 15 to 30 minute singing session on a Sunday morning. Far more. And so at the same time, while we come together, and it's good, and we should praise God because that's good, because that's what happens in heaven, and that's our home, you and I have to understand that praising God extends far more than the 15 to 30 minutes that we have in this room together. And I worship, in, in my own heart, whatever, you know, I call that time worship through song because it helps me understand that worship is more than just singing. It helps me understand that worship is more than us sitting in this room raising our hands praising God because that can't be what we do 24-7. It will be what we do. I mean, time won't exist there, but it, it, it will be what we do for eternity but there are other ways to bring that into reality. That's, that's worship. Reading the Word, studying the Word is worship. Daily, done. That's our Cuba team. Hey, guys. Doing work. Serving the church. Worship. It's worship. Prayer. Worship, that's worship. Couch to the crim, running, sure, that can be worship. I don't like to worship that way, but <laughs> that's, that's cool too, you know? Fellowship, community, being together, sharpening each other, worship, doing your job well for the glory of the Lord, worship. Doing the things that you do in life with excellence, worship. Honoring God, worship. It's so much more than the 30 minutes that we have together singing. And we have got to embrace that in life. Look, being in the church is easy in this building. It's easy. 
Because the expectation for you in this building is to live like God. And nobody sees you and I on a day-to-day basis except for maybe your spouse. And they, you, you come in here, you do your thing, you leave. But when we have the opportunity for community with each other, it's an opportunity for us to continue and extend being the church outside the four walls of this building. When we share the gospel with people, when we find favor with God and with men, when we leave nothing but the debt of love to each person as a debt for ourselves, it's a big deal. John chapter 4. This is Jesus with the woman on the well. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I want to go back to that. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. And I I know it, you know, I just, I feel something special when I come into the Freedom Center, you know, like I just, I connect with God in such a beautiful way. And this is Jesus, that's what the woman is saying. Look, on this mountain is where we worship, and it's, it's, this is our sacred place. And Jesus is going, believe me, this place doesn't matter. This place doesn't matter. Do you know what makes this place important? you know what makes the Freedom Center important? And that's it. You and God. That's what makes this place so awesome. The, the, the relationship that you have with God makes wherever you are an impactful place. This, this building is a wonderful tool, a fantastic tool, but it doesn't matter if you're not here. And, and this, in the same way, the same God that exists in this building, it's not like right outside the glass doors, like God walks out and is like, oh, my power is weak, you know, like, <laughs> that's, that doesn't happen. <laughs> He's not like Santa Claus, who didn't believe, you know, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. This, this doesn't matter because God is everywhere and able to be worshipped anywhere. And the same God that's in this main auditorium is the same God that's on the corner of Leroy and Shiawassee. Same God. Same God. You worship what you do not know. Ouch. Ouch. Look, I, I understand uh, 
loving God. Man, I just love God. And there's a beautiful simplicity to that. But if you don't, like, read the word and know God, how, what, what do you, doesn't make any sense. Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has become his counselor or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, because of that, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. One of the greatest acts of worship that you can have is presenting all of you to God and recognizing that the world holds nothing for you. That sin holds nothing for you. That is your reasonable, not above and, ab and beyond, reasonable, natural act of worship. Being who God recreated you to be is worship. Doing what God wants you to do is worship. And this, that God would be greater than I should be the cry of worship in the heart of every believer. That you would become greater and I would become less. Stand to your feet. Look, I, I don't want you to walk away from this morning going, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I want you to walk away from this morning challenged to understand that this world is preparation. And, and it's our opportunity to praise God here in multiple ways. Through this, through work, through reading the word, prayer, through being with each other, to enjoy God while we're together, while we're not together. There's no switch that gets flipped. Worship simply is. And whether you know it or not, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, every moment you are worshiping something. I am worshiping something. And as a believer, only one thing we're called to worship. Father, I pray that as we go back into this time of worship, that it would just be praise to you, a sweet aroma to you, God. That our, our, the natural cry of every regenerate heart here would be praise to God. Thank you that we get to do this. Thank you for calling us out of sin and into you, out of death and into life, God. And if there's any in this room that don't know you or, or 
everything that I'm saying is like, what the heck, you know? I just, I just pray, God, that they would understand your goodness in their life. They would understand that uh, they're, they're dead. They're dead apart from you, that they're in sin. But there's hope, you know? There's hope. The hope of the love that caused you to come, live, die, be rose again so that we could have life, God. So let this time be a celebration of that, a celebration of all you are and all you've done. It's in your name we pray.